Evil of the Daleks by David Whittaker, Episode 1. It all started when the Doctor and Jamie spotted a lorry leaving a hangar at Gatwick Airport with the TARDIS strapped on the trailer. They rushed into the hangar, little realising that the place was bugged. The doctor pulled Jamie out of sight as Bob Hall passed by. They decided to follow him, unaware that a pair of binoculars was focused on them. Kennedy to base, Kennedy to base, do you read me? Kennedy to base, do you read? Yes. The doctor is trying to follow him, Bob Hall. I knew they would suspect him. I'll go on to the warehouse. Very good, Mr. Kennedy. Bob Hall was leaving the airport by car. A taxi appeared around the corner. Good. 
likely to open the shutters. It's a lovely day outside. I have a choice between the sun or noise, Mr. Perry. I regret shutting out one, but at least I keep out the other. Yes. Ah, set. Very good. Now come here, eh? Mint condition. 1870, isn't it? Approximately. You know who your contacts are, so this is not. Well, Victorian timepieces are my speciality, Mr. Penny. Wish you'd tell me who makes them for you, huh? But then you would be as wise as I. And that wouldn't do at all, would it? Whoever makes them, Mr. Waterfield, they'd fool an expert. If I didn't know it was impossible, I'd say it was absolutely dead. And uh, there was no trouble with the box? Apparently not. A bit out of our line, isn't it, sir? Battered elbow clock. The whims and caprices of our patrons is our line, Mr. Perry. All of them. Mr. Perry, I pay you the sum of 50 guineas per week, do I not? Pardon. Actually, sir. 50 pounds. Yes. I hope I may be forgiven if I believe that entitles me to demanding less curiosity of you. Sorry, sir. It is, I think you will agree, a princely salary. No complaints on that score. As long as I'm not asked to do anything dicey. Dicey. Crooked. Uh, illegal. Your candor is refreshing, Mr. Perry, even if your judgment of character is somewhat questionable. I didn't mean that. I know perfectly well what you meant. You may rest assured. I shall not ask you to do anything dicey. No. I think you are wanted in the shop, Mr. Perry. And the, um, the telephone box, sir. <laughs> what do we do with it? Do? We do nothing. Well, right. Nothing except wait. The doctor's taxi had followed Bob's car to a large warehouse. Kennedy lunged forward at Bob as he made for the door. As Bob broke free, Kennedy picked up a piece of wood and brought it crashing down on his opponent's head. Kennedy slipped out of the door, unseen by the doctor and Jamie. Seal the TARDIS. 
and then knock him on the head. Oh, why steal a Cardiff anyway? That's what's been bothering me, Jamie, too. The water here. Hey, that looks a lot of money, Doctor. It's between two and three hundred pounds. Yes, it is a lot for what he had to do. Put on a pair of overalls and just hang around. Come to think of it, why hang around? He was obviously planted. Why not just go off in the lorry? Found something else. I don't know. The doctor discovered cigarettes and matches by the window. On checking the unconscious man's pockets, he found tobacco and yes. cigarette papers. This man rolled his own cigarettes. So these must belong to somebody else, that's a fair assumption. What's that? It's all right, it's only a train. What? Well, it's a train. There are carriages and they go on wheels, on rails, and they're drawn by a thing. Hey, come back! Bob had recovered and ran for it, jamming the warehouse door with a metal bar. Tell me what it is exactly you've got against this doctor and his friend. 
Some kind of vendetta or something. Explanations are not part of our arrangement. Oh, I just wondered. Imagination is a virtue, because it can become a vice. <laughs> Mind my own business, yes. I'll get the message. Ask Mr. Perry to come and see me, will you please? Once he was alone, Waterfield moved to the bookcase. He removed a book and inserted a key in a concealed lock. A secret room was revealed. He picked up a wrapped parcel from the floor, unaware that Kennedy was watching from the half-open study door. The antique dealer returned to his desk, closing the door to the secret room and replacing the missing book. Kennedy was intrigued and then became aware that he was being observed too by Mr. Perry. Waterfield locked the study door and pushed across the bolts at top and bottom. Then, moving for the bookcase, he meticulously repeated the procedure and entered the secret room. Against the wall was a weird machine, two plinth-like structures covered with a multitude of dials. Waterfield sat opposite the machine and flicked a number of switches. Lights began to play across the plinths. Meanwhile, Kennedy listened at the keyhole to the study door. And what are you doing? I can't let Mr. Waterfield hear me. I'm not. He's busy. Okay, I'll try later. I've done everything that you've asked of me. Isn't that enough? Now you must tell me the truth. Do you hear the truth? Tell me, I demand. I'm talking to you. Come back. 
Waterfield came from the inner room, drenched with perspiration. He secured the door as Kennedy continued to listen, intrigued by what was going on. Waterfield decided to wait patiently for Perry's return. And he definitely said he would be here. Yes. Thank you. You have done excellently, Mr. Perry. Good night. See you in the morning, sir. Yes. Yes, in the morning. Once Waterfield had gone about his business, Kennedy seized his opportunity. He picked the lock of the study and walked inside. He searched every drawer in the room, looking for money. He pulled out books from the bookcase in search of a safe. Turning what he thought was a light switch, the inner room was revealed. The plinths were dark and silent now as the intruder searched for the safe. Eventually, he discovered it concealed behind a wall panel. Soon, he was stuffing money into his travel bag, slowly first, then faster and faster as greed took him over. Behind him, a shape began to shimmer into being. He stopped filling the bag with notes, some sixth sense telling him that he wasn't alone. As he turned, his mouth dropped open at the sight before him. Whoa! 
Episode 2 Kennedy made a dash for the door. The Dalek fired. He slumped to the ground, dead. Outside, it's a genuine Victorian antiques. Well, all the stuff in here is brand new. Mm, you've noticed that? Of course I did. The man's a rogue. Yes, so it seems. Except... Except what? Except that all these things are not reproductions. They're all genuine. Now, that's ridiculous. Hey, look at this. To one deed box, four guineas. This is a bill from William Deering and Son... 1866. And it's a forgery. Yes. If you were going to make a forgery, wouldn't you try to dirty it up a bit? Yellow the edges, crinkle it up. This is brand new. I've got an idea. What? All the stuff in here is genuine. Yes. But brand new. Well done. Well, that is impossible unless Waterfield could have invented a time machine like the TARDIS, Doctor, and he's bringing all this stuff back from Victorian times. It's not very likely, is it? <clears throat> The only way to find out is to ask Waterfield. Come on. The doctor took out a piece of wire and started to pick the lock. Kennedy! What happened? The human discovered our communication system. And you murdered him? He would have betrayed us. You don't have to kill. Silence! I won't be silent. What are you dragging me into? You've destroyed a human life. Don't you understand that? 
That is of no consequence. No consequence. There is only one form of life that matters. Dalek life. Obey your orders, Porterfield. No, wait. Wait. What am I to do with the body? I can't. I can't go on with this. Sure, I heard somebody shouting. We've got to get in there. What to find the wire? Well, it's too pliable. Oh, crept up quietly behind the intruder. What are you doing here? You made the appointment for ten o'clock. Yes, well, we thought we'd be early. What are you doing here? I work here. Then what are you creeping about for? Um, yes, uh, I think you've got some explaining to do, Mr. Kenneth Perry. My name isn't Kenneth. Keith. Look, I, I don't understand this. Oh, it's Keith. Mm. Do you know a man called Bob Hall? Well, he's a man Mr. Waterfield employs. Well, he keeps some very rough company, including a man called Ken. Ken? Kennedy? What? What do you know about Kennedy? Oh, wait a minute. This is all too quick for me. Look, I'll answer your questions if you'll answer mine. Having heard the shop bell, Waterfield picked up a Victorian box, opened it, and flicked a switch inside. He then placed it on the floor. He found the doctor's photograph, then tore it in two, placed one piece sticking out of the box lid, and moved towards Kennedy's body with the other piece. police box was for a collector of curios. But it belongs to me. But why is it so important? Because because of what's inside it and because it happens to be my property. Look, where is it? At the back. Uh, well, is there another way through? This door is locked. We might be able to get over the yard gates. You see, this door has an electric lock on it. You're going to show me where this yard of yours is. I say, if it's a police box, shouldn't we get the police? Doctor! The door opened unaided. The TARDIS crew and Perry moved slowly forward through the hallway and into Waterfield's study. That's Kennedy. He's dead. What are you doing? Getting the police. What? I don't think you're to cut anything. I'll be as quick as I can. Shouldn't we let him go? No, he's doing the right thing. But the TARDIS! Yes, well, we'll have to find it before he comes back. And I wonder what this telephone interference is. Looks like Waterfield's cleared out. Why make an appointment to see us at ten? Oh, obviously he doesn't know he's going to have a fight with Kennedy. Oh, come on, Doctor, let's find the TARDIS and go. Yes, yes, the TARDIS. Now, how did he die? His limbs are stiff. His hands clenched. Look, he died in horrible agony. Look at his face. Hello. What? 
It's your picture. Yes. Now, he fell like that with his arms stretched out. Jamie, go out into the hall and measure the length of it up to the door here. Fifteen. But it's only five from the door to the wall. <clears throat> there must be another room behind here. Hey, Doctor. Yeah. There's a keyhole. Yes, you're right. Now, Waterfield will have the key. We've got to find something to prise it open with. The door clicked open. In the middle of the floor stood the box from which protruded the remainder of the photograph. The doctor examined the two prints of the extraordinary machine. Look at this. That's where your telephone interference is coming from. Oh, yes. This is interesting. Hey, give a half of your picture. Yes. Don't open that! <laughs> Choking on the acrid fumes, they passed out on the floor as Perry returned to the shop with a policeman. Waterfield came into the room, closed the box, and dragged Jamie and the doctor between the two plinths. Gradually, all three of them disappeared. Yeah. Honey, there were a couple of other gentlemen here. They seem to have disappeared. Sunlight shone across the elegant furniture of the large Victorian mansion. Jamie and the doctor were covered neatly with blankets and propped up in elegant armchairs. did have a party last night, didn't you, sir? <laughs> the master sent this in for you. The master? M Mr. Waterfield? Oh, no, sir, Mr. Maxtable. Oh. Mr. Waterfield came back from abroad last night, sir, with you and the young gentleman. Oh. Don't you remember? Not very well, no. <laughs> oh. I'd best not wake him. Uh, what's your name? Molly Dawson, sir. This, sir? works remarkably quickly, doesn't it? Am I to pour some more? Uh, no, no, thank you, Molly, but you you can tell me what the date is. The date? Yes, I, I'm feeling very much better, but I don't seem to be able to remember uh, the date and where I am. Molly, that will do. The answers you require, sir, might come better from me. My name is Theodore Maxtable, and I am the owner of this house. Pray, don't get up. I have the greatest sympathy for your condition, since I was the cause of it. And this is Mr. Edward Waterfield, I presume. You don't keep your appointments, do you? There were circumstances. Yes, indeed, there were. Please, please, Doctor, first things first... You asked what date it was and where you were. Yes. Well? You're in my house, some miles from Canterbury. 
The date is June the 2nd, 1866. And just what do you think you're up to? You steal my property? You spirit Jamie and me a hundred years back in time and you murder a man along the way. We had nothing to do with the death of that man. I don't believe you. You will believe, Doctor. We are all of us the victims of a higher power. A power more evil and more terrible than the human brain can imagine. Power? Victims? What do you mean? They've taken my daughter, Victoria. Who are they? You will not be kept in suspense very much longer, Doctor. Pray come with us. And we will show you how it all began. Doctor, do whatever it is they ask, I beg of you. My daughter's life is in your hands. I will listen, I, I promise. Is, uh, is that your daughter? No, sir. That is a painting of my wife as a young girl. She is dead now, rest her soul. But Victoria is the image of her. Victoria was standing at a heavily barred window, throwing pieces of food to the birds through the bars. You have not eaten. You will eat. That is an order. Answer. Yes. You will not feed the flying pests outside. Answer. Yes. Move to the machine. Move! is hallowed ground. Here we shall not be disturbed by the servants. Oh, yes. Yes, very impressive. And now perhaps you'll explain what all oh, this is patience, about. Patience, my dear sir, a little longer. Patience, you don't seem to understand what's happened. A man has been murdered. You behave as though we're going on a Sunday school outing. Neither Whitefield nor I were responsible for his death. A cigar. Why have you brought us here? Who are these enemies of yours? These ones you say control you? Brilliant minds, Doctor. They are monsters. Oh, I admit, Waterfield, they have behaved callously. Inhuman monsters. Inhuman? Creations of the devil. 
Let me explain. Please do. I have always been fascinated by the concept of traveling through time. Waterfield here is an expert in certain technical manners, and I have the money to indulge my whims. Everything you see about you here was constructed by us two. To try to find a way of exploring time? Yes. Now, this is my theory. A mirror reflects an image, does it not? Yes. So, you may be standing there, and yet appear to be standing 50 feet away. Well, following the new investigations 12 years ago by J. Clark Maxwell into electromagnetism, and the experiments by Faraday into static electricity... Static? Correct. Waterfield and I first attempted to define the image in the mirror, and then to project it. In here, Doctor, are 144 separate... Mirrors. And each is of polished metal. Each is subjected to electric charges, all positive. Like repels like in electricity, Doctor. And so next, Waterfield and I attempted to repel the image in the mirrors, wherever we directed. You mentioned static electricity. But that was our last experiment. Negative and positive electricity had failed, so we tried static. If only we could have known the powers we were going to unleash. Powers? In the middle of our final test with static, creatures burst out of the cabinet, invaded the house, took away my daughter. Oh, my dear fellow. My dear, dear fellow. But we shall win through now that the doctor is here. These creatures. We had opened the way for them with our experiments. They forced me into the horror of time travel, doctor. They ordered me to steal a box belonging to you and thus lure you into a trap and transport you here, together with your colleague, Mr. McCrimmon. They knew about me, these They guys. gave us likenesses. What could I do? They said my daughter would die. What are they called, these creatures? Doctor! Now do you understand? Oh, yes. Perfectly. We shall triumph. You will obey. obey. You will obey. Obey? What do you want? We have your time ship. We will destroy it unless you help us with an experiment. What experiment? You will help the Daleks test another human being. What sort of test? Do not question. I will not be your slave. Doctor, I beg you. No harm will come to you if you agree. Where is your companion? Jamie? He is in the house. I have done everything you asked me to. Why do you ask about Jamie? He is the human being who is to be tested. What do you mean? Tested how? Silence! You will reveal nothing to your companion. Obey the Daleks. You are in our power. The Dalek retreated to the cabinet. What have you done with your infernal meddling? The doctor rushed to the cabinet and wrenched open the door. It was empty. What is this test? Do either of you know? No. I believe I do. They, I mean the Daleks, tell me they've always been defeated by human beings. In the long run, yes. Uh, possibly because of some 
fact or possessed by human beings that Possibly. is absent in Daleks? Possibly. Perhaps they want to find out what it is and transplant it into their race. But if they do do that, allied with their own alien intelligence, they'll be invincible. Maxtable, you should have... Oh, my dear fellow, I am merely surmising. I know nothing definite. But... Besides, what could we have done, even if I had known for certain? The fact was, nay is, they hold your daughter, Victoria. And now they've got Jamie. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I didn't mean to wake you. Oh. There. Oh. Oh, it's not funny. Oh. The master left this for you to drink, sir. This will clear away the cobwebs. Oh. Here you are, sir. Where's the doctor? He's oh. with the master, Mr. Waterfield, sir. Waterfield? Molly, what are you doing here? Just seeing to the young gentleman, miss. Go and bring some tea. Well, go along. Please, Mr. McCrimmon. You know my name. My father told me that you and your friend arrived last night with Mr. Waterfield. Your father? I'm sorry, but I seem to have great difficulty in remembering anything. He owns this house. I'm his daughter, Ruth Maxtable. Uh, how do you do? Uh, have you seen the doctor this morning? He's talking with my father. He'll be along presently. Do you have everything you need? I don't know what this stuff is, but it seems to work all right. Molly, she'll bring you some tea in a minute. I'm obliged to you. Uh, Miss Maxtable. Yes? Could you tell me who that is in the portrait? That's a portrait of Mr. Waterfield's late wife. She was very lovely. Yes. And his daughter looks just like her. You're quite comfortable. Uh, yes, thank you. Once Ruth Maxtable had left, Jamie moved to the bureau and started rustling through letters to attempt to ascertain where he was. He didn't notice a scruffy, well-built fellow hiding behind the curtains. 1866. So that's what Waterfield's done. The burly fellow crept up on Jamie and smashed him over the head with a cudgel, returning to his hiding place once the deed was done. gentlemen. They shouldn't have given you so much to drink. The ruffian clasped a hand over the girl's mouth. I do ask you to consider. I have made up my mind. But we ordered you not to tell your friend, Mr. McCrimmon, anything. Do you think I'm going to allow Jamie to run into danger without telling him anything? No, I will not. But suppose he refuses to do what they want. We shall see. Well, he's still asleep. The gas in that box of yours was pretty potent. It was Maxtable's invention. Jamie. Molly. Order the doctor to begin the test. But I must first explain to him what he has to do. Go now. Obey the Daleks. But you're... 
Your friend is vital to the plan of these Daleks. Absolutely essential. So it seems. So who can have kidnapped him? Why won't you understand? The threats they make are not idle ones. Kennedy was murdered. Without your friend, our only hope is gone. Unless... Unless you know something. You seem to be well acquainted with the creatures. Everything you say, Waterfield, is true. If we cannot find Jamie, the Daleks will take pleasure in killing everyone in sight. And their greatest pleasure will be in killing me. The humans have been told to begin the test. And the delay will result in death. There will be no delay. <laughs> Episode 3 Toby picked up the coin and hurried away. Suddenly, the gentleman staggered against a post, feeling the side of his neck. His head shook as if he were shaking cobwebs from his mind. Where's Toby? He had just said about his business. Look, what's the matter? Are you all right? Where's Victoria Waterfield? I don't know. Yes, you do. I tell you, I don't even know her. You're in the house. A friend of Maxwell's, you must know. Now listen, I'm telling <laughs> I must apologize for that villain, Toby. He was telling lies, of course. I shall escort you to the house. Hey, you just asked me about Victoria Waterfield. Now, she's in Paris. I'm afraid I haven't introduced myself. Arthur Terrell. No, never mind about that. Did you or did you not? Ask that man to knock me on the head and bring me in here. I... Oh, certainly not. Oh, no. Doctor. Oh, <laughs> I see you're in good hands now. I won't detain you any further. Good day, Doctor. Oh, there you 
Stop steering mad. Yes, I know. I was listening. Let's have a look at that head of yours. Oh, that's all right. right. <clears throat> One minute he says this, the next minute he says that. Clear it out, Doctor. I'm knocked on the head and I'm brought in here. Then that man parallels and denies having ordered the other man to do it. But then he changes and he starts asking about Victoria Waterfield. And in the next breath, he tells me she's in Paris. I know what's happened to Victoria. What has? She's a prisoner of the Daleks. <laughs> Why am I being moved? Are you teaching me back to my father? No. You are being moved. Pick up your cover. In the sitting room, hidden behind a screen, Jamie was eavesdropping. You warned him, told him about the Daleks. Yes, of course I did. But you were expressly told. Oh, I don't Bosh! Jamie will cooperate. You may be certain of that. Are you sure? Yes, certainly sure. Jamie will do everything he is asked to do. Now, come along. <coughs> we must go and find Max. Dalek moved into the workroom cabinet and disappeared from sight. Emma? You come with me. I want you to stand here. No, 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 no. Face the cabinet. Good. Now, bend that. Kemil was a huge, powerful Turk, his muscles rippling through his clothes. 
He took the bar and tested it on his knee. Then he stripped off his jacket and proceeded to bend the bar. His face became red. His bicep seemed to be about to burst. The strain was enormous. But slowly, the bar bent, giving in to the Turk's amazing physical power. The two men placed two stools in front of the cabinet. Then they placed a plank of wood across them. just in time as sharp metal spikes snapped across the entrance. Maxtable pressed the wall, which caused the spikes to return to their former positions. Jamie for this test. His traveling with you makes him unique. 
But why him? Why not me? The question I why? You have traveled too much through time. You are more than human. I see. What is this? They have been brought from the Dalek planet. Scarlet? Yes. Their life force is dormant. Before it is activated, you want the want... human factor introduced. I see. You will obey us. I will make up my own mind. You will not antagonize them, Doctor. They will destroy your time machine if I agree. It means the creation of a race of super Daleks.
You'll have to brush up on your history. I can't be around to cover up for you all the time. <coughs> in the Crimean War, the English, the French, and the Turks fought the Russians. Well, forget about all that. Well, I thought you'd be interested. I watched the charge of the Light Brigade. Magnificent folly. Look, where'd you be? Oh, just looking around. Oh, I what for, the TARDIS? Jamie, you're in a temper. Oh, am I? Is that bad, then? Does that mean I won't be cooperative? I won't do everything I'm told. I overheard you on Waterfield. You were eavesdropping. Well, whatever it is, I don't like what you're doing. Are you listening to me? No, Doctor. You're forgetting that Tardis was stolen and a man was murdered. Now, how am I supposed to tell when I see you as friendly as you like with a murderer? Waterfield did not murder that man. All right, then, but he stole the Tardis and that still makes him a thief. A Tardis fought the Tardis! Darling, they keep telling me about the Tardis, I haven't even seen one. You're always on about them, but where are they? Are you listening to me? No! You'll not get around me this time, Doctor. You're up to something with Waterfield and Maxwell. Now, what is it? Some scientific invention. Oh, here's your friend. Just heard a little argument. Well, I heard voices raised. That's not all you hear. Jamie seems to think that I'm lying to him. Well, aren't you? He doesn't believe the Daleks are here. It's the truth. Aye, the truth you told Arthur Carroll may be that your daughter was in Paris. I had to tell him that. So you've got another story to tell me. I tell you that the Daleks are holding my daughter prisoner in the south wing of this house, Mr. McCrimmon. Then why don't you try and get her back, eh? What are you doing? Well, what can I do? Oh. Be, be fair, Jamie. Waterfield's tied hand and foot because of his daughter, and we're tied hand and foot because of the TARDIS. Aye, that's all you can think about, isn't it? The TARDIS. Well, you can all stand around doing nothing. I'm sick to death of it. And that's where are you going? To be by myself for a bit. Do you mind? No, not a bit. But one word of warning. Don't you try to be a one-man army. You leave well alone. I won't have you ruining everything, trying to rescue Victoria Waterfield. Now you understand? Well, are you sure you didn't go a little too far, Doctor? Adding a little fuel to the fire. <laughs> Tell Maxtable that I'll be along to his laboratory shortly. Oh, very well, Doctor, if you're sure. Oh, he's quite sure. Once our young friend has cooled his heels a bit, he'll launch off on his own. And you dropped the hint about the south wing beautifully. <laughs> Toby struggled fiercely with Terrell, knocking him to the floor. Terrell's head hit the ground sharply, reducing him to a state of unconsciousness. The assailant went through Terrell's pockets, stealing money and a bunch of keys. Maybe I don't know much to tell, but I'll wager I'll find something in the house that's worth me trouble. So I'll say thank you, Mr. Terrell, sir.
by now. Night had fallen. In the sitting room, Jamie hid behind a screen as Molly entered with a plan of the house. Jamie stepped out of the shadows. Toby had broken into Maxtable's house with the stolen keys and had ended up in the workroom. He looked around the room with curiosity. He moved to one of the packing cases and opened the lid. As he was about to look inside, a Dalek came thundering from the cabinet. Molly headed back to the safety of the house. Jamie held his candle to the walls and discovered what looked like grease marks. He must have touched something as the alcove door started to open slowly. As he peered into the gloom holding his candle in front of him, candle grease dripped onto his hand, which caused him to step back with a start. The metal spikes came plunging across the doorway. Jamie heaved a sigh of relief and wriggled under the spikes into the corridor. He moved slowly, the flickering candle lighting his way. 
suddenly in front of him stepped the massive, terrifying figure of Kemal the Turk. Who are you? Episode 4 Jamie and Kemal fought long and hard, each one gaining the upper hand for a time, then succumbing to the strength of the other. was enormously powerful. But it was Jamie's quick wits and wily strength that saved Kemmel from falling to his death. 
they found themselves near the room from which Victoria had been taken, discovering her handkerchief lying on the floor. Jamie lurched forward, and this time Kemmel returned the compliment and saved Jamie from being spiked by a metal blade. The odd couple, equal on all terms, decided to join forces. As Waterfield began to drag the body across the floor, Maxtable extracted a small pistol from a drawer in the workbench, hiding it in his coat. In the south wing, Jamie was getting his breath back. That's better, thank you. You're not one I'll see, huh? I well, uh, I suppose we're both a bit touched, eh? Knocking each other about the place and saving one another's lives. You don't see much, do you? Oh, I see. You can't talk. 
Aye, well, you're a sight better than a number of people I know who can. I wonder what your name is. Kemmel slowly wrote in the dust on a window seat. Kemmel. Well, I'm Jenny. Kemmel bowed. Hey, hey what's that? Now, come on, what's in that? We're to be friends, you hear? Friends. Kemmel noticed the handkerchief clutched in Jamie's hand. He pointed to the embroidery on it. V.W., I know. Victoria Waterfield. He took out a piece of paper, unfolded it and revealed a crushed flower. Then he pointed first to the flower, then to the initials, again and again. Oh, Miss Waterfield gave you the flower. You like it? Of course. Then what are we fighting for? Do you not know what I'm doing here, Kemmel? Victoria Waterfield is being held a prisoner here somewhere. Kemmel pointed at himself, then at his newfound friend, and finally to the dark passage. Together? I will go together. There's no one I'd rather have with me. As they left, the Turk picked up a coil of rope and threw it on his huge shoulder. Whilst in the stables, Toby's body was being dumped as Arthur Terrell hid in the shadows. took out the gun, but Terrell's hand grabbed hold of it. What are you doing, Waterfield? He says he will confess everything. Go back to the laboratory. I will discover the body. You will obey. You will obey. The Daleks were patrolling the south wing. about those, Kemmel, unless they catch sight of us. You seem to be going in the right direction. 
As they edged their way slowly along the corridor, Jamie's hand slid across a small glass button embedded in the wall. A heavy, shining metal ball came swinging into the corridor, just missing the heads of Jamie and Kemmel. Relief showed on both their faces. At the computer, the doctor continued to feed information into the Dalek machinery. We do not trust you! What thoughts are you using now? Human beings have five senses. Sight, hearing, taste, smell and touch. But there is instinct too. But Jamie used instinct to avoid your trap. In a huge chamber, complete with minstrel gallery, Daleks were taking a bizarre roll call while Jamie and Kemmel observed from below. Dusty mace from the wall. What are you going to do with that? You'll attack the Daleks. Draw them off down the corridor. While I go there and rescue somehow. It's too dangerous, Kimmel. Besides, needs two of us up there. Self-preservation is a strong human factor. Jamie and his new friend are determined to succeed. But finding the girl is only part. Getting her away is another. Paris. I know it can't be, sir, but I heard her as plain as anything. What were you doing in the hall? 
Don't leave me in this part of the house at this hour. I don't know. You do know and you tell me. I found this child creeping about the corridors. I haven't done anything. The glass. My former room should have been in bed an hour since. Did you have extra work for me? Yes, Mr. You're a liar. Well, I haven't done anything, Nick. I haven't took nothing. After the poor child, frightened out of her sinner. Nothing but play acting. She's a mean, sniveling little meat. Go to the sitting room and wait there. Mr. Maxtable will decide what to do with you. But, sir, I... Do as you're told! be wrong. Has my father influenced you in some way? No, not your father. Come away with me, please. I somehow feel if we delay, it'll be too late. I can't go. Not yet. I have done everything you have asked me to. You wanted an agency here on Earth to plan and prepare things for you, I have been that agency. Will you please tell those who give you orders that I am getting tired of waiting? No, you threaten the Daleks. Oh, surely threatening is not necessary. We have a, a partnership and understanding. You have obeyed us. You have a strange way of putting things. I prefer to say that you have asked for certain services. I have... A Provided those services, punctually and efficiently. Now, you really must look for your side of the bargain. It is not beyond me to ruin the entire enterprise. Oh! Yes! Very well, I understand. Obey the Daleks! No! Please! Please wait! The secret. The secret. You promised to give it to me. That is why I have done all this. The Daleks know many secrets. You will learn the most important. I must not be frightened of them. It's just their way. They're different people. Alien. But they will tell me. Of course they will. Father? Ruth, I told you not to come in here. Are there any circumstances? Father, I simply had to. I heard you speaking to someone, and there's no one here. And Arthur is involved Uh, in some way. Arthur, yes. Why has he become so changed? And Victoria Waterfield, where is she? My child, these are questions that I cannot answer. But, my dear, I will tell you one thing. One thing only. Then perhaps you may understand why there are secrets to be kept. You see this? What is it? A piece of ordinary metal. A very little value. Do you not say so? I suppose so. What does it weigh? A few pounds? Five, six, shall we say? For centuries now, men have searched for the greatest secret of all. Some say it was known to the ancient alchemists. 
Some say that the secret never existed at all. But still the stories and the rumors and the search goes on. What secret? The transmutation of metal into gold. Changing metal into gold. Now perhaps do you begin to understand a little. <laughs> to possess such a secret would mean power and influence beyond all imagination. And I am about to discover the secret. Nothing will stop me. Nothing. No more. Jamie handed one end of the rope to his partner, then carefully circled round the Dalek, keeping to the shadows. They hauled in the rope and propelled the Dalek towards the mighty fireplace. It crashed into it, smoke engulfing the whole thing. Well, let's fix that one. They ran to below the minstrel gallery, looped the rope over the banister, secured it, and pulled it taut. Kemmel held the rope as Jamie clambered slowly but surely up to the top. The banister was already straining with the weight as Kemmel started his ascent. His weight strained on the banister rail. went as fast as he could up the rope, wood splintering from the rail. Just as he was about to give way, Jamie grabbed Kemmel's arms and pulled him to safety in the nick of time. They turned to see a Dalek emerging into the chamber below. Behind them, the door opened. It was another Dalek. Episode 5 
door. They snatched up the rope and they pitched it over the Dalek. The two men heaved on the rope, propelling the Dalek towards the banister rail. It crashed through and down into the chamber below, bursting into flames, as Jamie and Kemmel rushed into Victoria's room and slammed the door. Quick before we see any more of those mechanical species. Kemmel, my dear friend. Uh, he's a good friend right enough, Miss Waterfield. And you? Uh, introduction to the moment, if you please. First, I'd like to make us a little bit more secure. Kim, we left it. Shut the door. Where's the hole? Roof. That's it. So we can do that chest again, I'm thinking. No one on top, eh? They can't get in and we can't get out, so where does that put us? Oh, Jamie McCrimmon. I, uh, I came to give you this. Victoria looked at the handkerchief and smiled. Are you sure you won't join me? No, I won't. I very rarely touch it. Oh, dear. Well, well something else, perhaps. No, thank you. I know. <clears throat> Let me ring for some food. Now, do join me. No. You seem determined to involve me. Yes, I do, don't I? This is a large house. I prefer my own company. Oh, how very unsociable. Possibly. No doubt you would enjoy your libation in one of the other rooms. Libation? Uh, oh, no, thank you. I'm, I'm perfectly happy here, thank you. I'm perfectly happy. What an extraordinary collection, isn't it? Hmm? Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, you, you, you didn't, you weren't in the mood for talking, were you? Yes. Shouldn't you be helping Waterfield and Maxible with their experiment? Yes, but uh, I thought I'd have a little rest. Uh, I wanted to talk to you. About what, Frank? About you, Mr. Gerald. You interest me. Uh, do you know something? Ever since I came to this house, I... This is Carcassian, surely. Do I know what, Carcassian? Hmm? Ever since I came to this house, I have never seen you eat or drink anything. Now, that's curious, isn't it? I dine alone. Yes, I thought of that, but, uh, Waterfield has never seen you eat or drink either. Terrell selected a sword from the wall. You, uh, seem to be a devotee of Edgar Allan Poe. So do I. However, it uh, isn't wise to make subtractions. Nor to meddle in affairs which are none of your business. Now, the doctor you picked say? up a small metal cup oh, no. and touched the end of the sword. A perfectly ordinary sword, and yet it appears to be magnetic. And see, directly you let go, it, it loses its magnetism. Now, if, uh, if I didn't know better, Mr. Terrell, I'd say that you were full of some sort of electricity. Doctor, hmm? uh, excuse me, you're wanted. Oh, <clears throat> thank you. Excuse me. Doctor, no doubt you're a keen student of human nature, but some things are better left alone. Uh, no, Mr. Terrell, I am not a student of human nature. I am a professor of a far wider academy, of which human nature is merely a part. All forms of life interest me. 
Terrell poured himself a glass of wine. As he raised the glass, his hand began to tremble. Wine spilled over his hand and clothes as a disembodied voice was heard. And so the doctor and I were brought to the house. Why did you risk your life to try and rescue me? Would you like some more water? You are too modest. It was a silly question. Then tell me, how did it come to ca- Episode 6. The doctor scratched symbols on the three Dalek cases. Victoria! Victoria! 
Open that door in the secret passage. Come on, follow me. Dash, are you right, your water? Victoria is perfectly safe. But where is she? The Daleks have released her. Released? Yes, 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 yes. Well, then where is she now? She's probably lying down. Ruth will be taking care of her. You may be sure of that. Not Ruth, no. I saw her and Molly helping Arthur Terrell into a dog cart not half an hour since. Ruth and Terrell? Yes. Well, surely you knew they were leaving. Oh, yes, yes, indeed. Yes, it, 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 it slipped my memory. Um, you see, I'm going for a little trip myself. I, no doubt I shall join. Well, possibly she is uh, taking a stroll in the garden. Go along and see. Go along and see. Yes. Well, go along, man. Go along and see. Find your Victoria. Now that he was alone, Maxtable seized the opportunity to examine a grey box which he hadn't seen before. It was fixed firmly to the floor, but he was able to raise the lid. He peered at the massive dials before him. Overpowered Waterfield, who lay in a dazed heap by the workbench. Oh, oh, oh. oh, what are you doing? Where is the doctor? I had no time to bring it. Our instance is in order. What is that box for? Will you tell me? We are destroying this area. But you can't do that. Turn it off! 
cannot destroy my house. Bring the lock up, away, but immediately. The secret. If you destroy my laboratory, the secret is useless. You promised me. They must be out of their mind. Destroy my laboratory. The very idea of what... Oh, goodness gracious me, only two minutes. Doctor! 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 Waterfield was still dazed, but he managed to drag himself to the grey box. dragged Waterfield with a time machine. and they all disappeared as the workroom exploded. I know why I am here. Why are you here? I am not 
simply stay there. Seem to understand them. Ask them. Don't be foolish, girl. I shall do no such thing. And where's my father? I do not know. I'm not a nursemaid to your father. I'll do my best for you, but the matter is really entirely out of my hands. No good. You won't help it. Don't worry, Camel. I shall protect you. I shall see they do you no harm. Camel moved after Maxtable, but Victoria restrained him. Doctor heaved aside a huge boulder, revealing a small dark cavern. How long have you known that's there? Not a sound. I think the Daleks are in for a little surprise. Where is the Doctor? I had no time to get him. No time? I was told my house was going to be destroyed. Why? You did not bring the doctor! Everything I possess is in that house. Everything. What right did you or anyone to destroy it? All right. these years of labor, all right. these years of research, destroyed through this complete right. My laboratory. The only real thing in the whole of my existence. Destroyed. I Theodore Maxtable made a bargain with you. And I demand to know. Ah! Ah! You disobey the Dalek command! I know! I swear it's not my fault! I swear! I swear! I swear! I know! Oh, Camel, there's a chance! A chance! Intruders detected! Intruders detected! 
The doctor's party continued along the underground tunnel as Kemmel and Victoria were escorted to join Maxtable in the Dalek control room. Follow me! 
The doctor tripped the Dalek over the edge down into the darkness. A grill started to open in the Dalek corridor. The doctor peered out, then clambered down, followed by the others. As light started to fill the control room, their eyes travelled upwards. There before them was the vast Emperor Dalek. Is useless. 
You still have those three Daleks to contend with. They will be impregnated with the Dalek matter. Your discovery. But your work is not over. I won't work for you. You will obey. What is a Dalek factor? Do you want me to get? to obey, to fight, to destroy, to exterminate. I won't do it! Watch! The TARDIS, Doctor! You will take the Dalek Factor! You will spread it through the entire history of Episode 7 Doctor took out his recorder and started to play again. They seem to be prepared to protect you. Be warned. I appeal to you, Maxwell. It may still not be too late. If they are friends, help them. If you did, we could plan something. Try to escape. No! Well, at least for Victoria's sake. After what you did to her. No, I tell you, no. It's no good, Papa. He doesn't listen anymore. 
problem, Victoria. The Daleks say I'm going to do something for them. Something I would rather die than do. Plus or minus point oh oh three. Plus or minus. Perhaps they think you're like me. Oh, no, the Daleks know me well enough by this time. They tend to persuade you, then. Oh, no, it isn't that either. You see, there isn't a persuasion strong enough. Not even the offer of all the lives in this room. Five lives against the whole planet. Well, it's not a choice, is it? No. Even if I could trust the Daleks, even if they set us free, we still couldn't go back to Earth. I suppose I might try and take you all to another universe. I might even try and take you to my own planet. Your own? Yes. Yes, I, I live a long, long way away from Earth. Oh, just a minute. Maxwell. Arthur Terrell. The Daleks put some sort of control device on it. Oh, what are we? It was a racket. I always warned the Daleks it would prove unsatisfactory. Ah, well, it's a good thing for you it did fail. They'd have tried it on you next. In the weapon store, the new Dalek technology was complete.
him into a dolly. Yes, the Dalek Factor. Is that what you want me to do to the people of Earth? We know you will obey. Maxtable moved Dalek-like through the weapon store, examining the archway which was now ready to instill the Dalek factor into all who passed through it. He activated the archway door which opened to reveal the inhabitants fast asleep in the detention room. The doctor stood up and headed slowly for the archway.
Once Maxtable wasn't looking, the doctor moved to the archway. He discovered a small panel at the side of the archway machines. Inside was one of the capsules Maxtable had showed him. With the skill of a magician, he removed the capsule and replaced it with a similar one from his pocket and closed the panel tightly shut. and a rapid stream of Daleks passed through the conversion arch. Camel and Victoria passed through the arch, eyeing the Daleks warily, but the metal creatures ignored them.
the black Dalek was obliterated by the converted ones. Dalek fired at the doctor, but Waterfield stepped in front of him. He fell to the floor. Daleks fought to contain the human factor Daleks, but more and more entered the control room. Kemmel, Victoria and Jamie waited for the doctor in the underground tunnel on the edge of a massive canyon. But it was Maxtable, the human Dalek, who appeared. Kemmel! Come here! 
Temmel fell to his death. The doctor was on his way to join the others. As he was about to take the grill escape route, he stepped back just in time. The Daleks must not, cannot be destroyed. The race will survive. The Daleks will live and rule forever. The doctor scuttled through the grill as pandemonium broke out throughout the Dalek city. Daleks was written by David Whittaker. It was produced by Innis Lloyd and directed by Derek Martinus. The Daleks were created by Terry Nation and the presenter was Tom Baker. Doctor Who, the Missing Stories collection, is produced by John Nathan Turner.